Good evening once again, ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls. Welcome home to Mini Maid Park. The Houston Astros annual Fan Fest is back. Saturday, January 20th at Minute Maid Park. Presented by HEB. We definitely love playing in front of our fans at Minute Maid Park. The Astros 2024 Fan Fest has something for the entire family, including autograph sessions, running the bases, swings in the batting cage, and bullpen sessions. Strike three call on the outside corner, and that is the ball game, and that is the series. Astros 2024 Fan Fest includes live music, appearances from Orbit, fan forums with current and former players and coaches, plus the first look at the 2024 Coca-Cola Shooting Stars. Make your plans to attend the Astros 2024 Fan Fest. It. Go to astros.com slash fanfest and we'll see you January 20th at Minute Maid Park. Hi everybody and welcome to a special edition of Astroline. I am your host Todd Callis on your home for the Stroh Sports Talk 790. We have a nice show dialed up for you today. We have the general manager of the Houston Astros, Dana Brown, still not one year into his tenure as the Astros GM. Just got back from the winter meetings in Nashville. We'll talk to him about that, about the roster construction. We will also hear from the director of player personnel for the Astros, Matt Hogan. He's been here since 2014. He's been with three different general managers, Jeff Luno, James Click, and now, of course, Dana Brown. We'll hear from Matt a little bit later on in the show. Astro Line is getting you ready for the 2020 season, which begins on February 24th in West Palm Beach at the ballpark of the Palm Beaches and then kicks off for real at the end of March with the New York Yankees coming into town. In between, there is a college classic, the 24th annual Astros Foundation College Classic that returns to Minute Maid Park. It'll be March 1st through March 3rd of 2024, and this year's lineup is absolutely stacked. Listen to this. LSU, Texas, Texas State, University of Houston, University of Louisiana Lafayette, and Vanderbilt. They'll all take the field for a nine-game tournament. Learn more at astros.com slash college classic. That is right in Dana Brown's wheelhouse, too. Those college kids playing here at Minute Maid Park. Dana's scouting uh, background is right in that same alley. We'll talk to Dana a little bit about his scouting background. We'll talk to him about a key acquisition that the Astros made at the winter meetings. He said it was a guy that they had really focused in on going into those winter meetings. And we'll talk to him about what the outfield looks like going into 2024. All that coming up in just a minute. A reminder, the second annual Cactus Jack HBCU Classic is set for February 16th through the 18th of 2024. It's before the Astros Foundation College Classic. February 16, 17, and 18 will be at Minute Maid Park. Like the Foundation College Classic, it is a nine-game tournament, and it's going to feature Houston area Prairie View A&M and Texas Southern University, as well as Southern University, Grambling State, Jackson State, and Alcorn State University. All HBCUs will have that HBCU Classic, the second annual Cactus Jack HBCU Classic February 16th, 17th, and 18th. That is not too far away as well, just about two months away. Learn more at astros.com slash HBCU Classic. All right, getting ready for Dana Brown, general manager of the Houston Astros. We'll continue with Astro Line as we roll on on your home for the Stros Sports Talk 
$1,799,790. Are you looking for the perfect gift this holiday season? Look no further than the Astros Holiday Gift Guide. Give the gift of unforgettable moments throughout the year with Buddy's Club memberships, 2024 season tickets, and tickets to the 2024 Texas Children's Houston Open. And don't forget to gear up in style at the Astros Team Store. From jerseys to caps, we've got you covered. So this holiday season, hit a home run with the Astros Holiday Gift Guide. Head to astros.com slash gift guide to do your holiday shopping today. Spring training is back in the Palm Beaches this spring. Experience Astros baseball, plus the best beaches, dining, and entertainment after the game. There's nothing better than Astros spring ball in sunny Florida. For tickets and more, visit astros.com spring to book your trip. Plan your visit now to the spring training home of the Houston Astros, the Palm Beaches. Welcome back to Astro Line on Sports Talk 790, KBME Houston. We are joined by the general manager of the Houston Astros, Dana Brown. Dana, first of all, you just got back not too long ago from Nashville, your first winter meetings as a general manager. Tell us how uh, the week went down there. Exciting. Um, you know, we were having a lot of talks about, you know, catchers and uh, bullpen help. And so it was exciting to get something done. Um, you know, when we got Caratini done, it was really exciting. I mean, we didn't announce it until later, but we pretty much got the deal uh, done, you know, pending physicals and things like that. And so, um, you know, that's when it was final. But at the end of the day, we were, you know, we needed to fill out that backup catcher role. You know, Diaz is going to be the everyday guy. I think he deserves it. Uh, he had a good year last year so. Um, you know, getting that backup catcher. We wanted a really good backup catcher. We didn't want a catcher from, like, the bottom of the barrel, you know. We wanted one of the better guys, you know, just because we knew this was going to be Diaz's first year catching from start to finish. And so getting a really good backup that could play, you know, if Diaz goes down for a week, you know, with an ankle injury from sliding or something like that. And also just to give him a breather, you know, because it's a, it's a grueling – position you know you get back there you know you have to prep for the game there's a lot of information to go through and so it's mentally draining and it's physically draining and so having a good backup you know a guy that we feel like could start on other clubs was important and we got him done victor caratini uh is a guy who is a switch hitting catcher who could play some first base was he one of your you said you wanted to get a quality backup was he one of your main targets going into this offseason yeah he was actually our biggest target and we ended up we ended up landing him so um you know we we felt like the switch hitting was great uh the framing is outstanding the blocking's good and so having a guy like that because we have really good pitchers on our staff so having someone that could jump in there and fill in for Diaz if he's getting a day off was important and so um you know we're, we're in a scenario right now where we could probably run out four left-hand hitters in the lineup at one time which uh I don't I didn't think that was available last couple of years so uh that's exciting you mentioned Yiner being the starting catcher. That was something that was announced shortly after the season was over. It was kind of important for you guys to get out in front of that, right? Because Yiner last year uh, put up some great numbers, as you mentioned, ended up finishing top five in Rookie of the Year. You guys wanted him to know he was the guy you wanted going forward, right? Yeah, as I said, I think he deserved it. You know, he learned under Maldi. Um, you know, Maldi was a veteran catcher that, uh, you know, Dusty saw as his general and so, you know, he got a lot of at-bats, you know, uh, in the DH spot. And, you know, he got some at first base. And so uh, he got a few behind the plate. 
And so he pretty much put up some good numbers. And when he caught, he you know he threw runners out, and so he was really good. And so I think he's he's earned that right. You know, he's he's got the starting job. He can he's going to let us know what he can do. Um, you know, the good thing is we got Caratini as a backup. If if Diaz hits a rough spot, we can give him some days off. We can give him a breather. Uh, so it's a win-win. We feel really good about going into the season, and that's why that was the number one target was to get a backup catcher. It'll be interesting to see how spring training plays out because Yiner really didn't catch Justin Verlander much, didn't catch Framber Valdez much. Is that going to be important for him to build those relationships this spring? Yeah, absolutely. Um, I think he's not going to have much problems with uh, Valdez. I think he's caught him before in spring training. Uh, you know, Verlander, there's going to be an adjustment there. Uh, but at the end of the day, um, I think he can handle it. You went to the winter meetings plenty of times before. This was your first time as a general manager. For people that don't understand the dynamics, it's in this case in Nashville, it's a huge venue. You could get lost there in the Gaylord uh, Resort there easily. But when you go there, as you continue to grow as a GM, it's, it's amazing you've been here less than a year. It feels like you've been here longer than <laughs> as you continue to grow as a GM. You're establishing relationships. You're building relationships that you've had in the past, and you're making new relationships. Relationships, I would guess. How does that? How does that all play out? Where you're trying to meet with guys and just get to know other general managers better. Yeah, I think one of the things is you know you go into Nashville, the hotel is a maze. First of all, I mean you got to get a, to get around there is really difficult. But you know it's it's you know developing relationships with other GMs and also the agents, you know. Um, and so I've developed a relationship with agents because because of the draft, right? Mm-hmm. So I, that one we could check off. And I got, you know, got to know them a little bit. And so um, when you're developing relationships with other GMs, you know, um, one of the things I want to be known for is being a straight shooter. You know, so if I'm not going to waste your time. If I'm going to call you as a general manager, I'm going to tell you, hey, here's my thought process. This is what we're looking to do. And, you know, these are the guys we're interested in, you know. And, and I think guys appreciate that, you know, because it's um, – you know, you're not wasting their time and you're getting direct to the point. Your your yes means yes, your no means no, that kind of thing. And so I think that's the best way to do it. And, and I think guys welcome that. And, you know, a lot of relationships you, you start up you with text messages. You know, you just send them a thought and then you kind of go back and forth. And then when it starts to heat up, you know, you pick up the phone and, you know, you get it done. Dana Brown, our guest on our special Astroline show as we talk a little bit leading into the holidays. This is now mid-December. Lots of times baseball kind of slows down a little bit around the holidays and then picks back up in early January. As you sit here now in mid-December, is your roster where you want it to be going into spring training or do you still see some tweaks along the way between now and the middle of February when guys report? Yeah, I see some tweaks. I mean, we, we're, we're looking for some uh, relief pitching. Mm-hmm. If there's something out there that's available that fits our budget and, you know, that makes sense for us, uh, we'll go after it, you know. And so, uh, you know, with losing Stanek, losing Maton, and losing Maris, you know, those are three spots that are open. Now, we feel good about some of our internal candidates, uh, you know, we feel good about Souza and what he did uh, last year toward the end of the season. Couldn't put him on the roster because he got here after uh, September 1. Uh, we feel good that we could even put Blanco, uh, you know, in the bullpen. He was, you know, we converted him to a starter last year, created some value there. Um, 
And so, uh, you know, if, if we decide to go with a five-man, you can put Urquidy or you could put France in the pen. Uh, you know, Belak is probably going to be an option for the pen. Um, you know, if he makes our club, it'll probably be, like, out of the pen. He threw a lot of innings for us last year. Surprisingly, I, I, I looked back and I was like, wow, he threw a ton of innings. So, you know, even though he was up and down, I think he was the fifth most innings mm. on our pitching staff. So uh, it would be great if we can get him get some innings from him out of the pen. So we do have some internal candidates that we could turn to because we have a staff that's pretty good. Our starting rotation is pretty good. And then don't forget we got McCullers coming back maybe in July. We have Garcia coming back maybe in July. One of those guys could end up in the pen who knows, in the beginning, just to build them up. And so, you know, we, we have some arms. You know, we feel good about the arms, and that's why we feel good about getting back to the postseason. You mentioned Bennett Souza, the the lefty, uh, amongst one, some of the candidates that are internal candidates, and you also said you're going to look around as, as to what else is out there if, the, if it fits the budget. How important is it right now with that uh, CBT, the, the collective bargaining tax threshold being so close, how important is it to stay near or – or under that mark. Yeah, we'd like to stay near the mark, you know, um, and, and comply with that. But, you know, if we get to a point where, you know, we think we can get a piece that gets us over the hump, you know, Jim Crane is always saying, hey, the window is now. You know, the window's always open. So um, so at the end of the day, we'll do what we have to do to get back to the postseason and try to get back to the World Series to win it. So you mentioned McCullers. You mentioned Garcia, hopefully uh, around July. That could be huge in addition to your current starters now. Uh, pitching continues to drive this team, and it seems like that could be the case again in 2024. Absolutely. The depth is there. Uh, I feel like better about the depth this year than even when I came into spring training. You know, I was a little bit worried about it because, you know, of course, we didn't have Verlander. Uh, Verlander sort of stabilized our rotation a little bit, gave us a little time to get guys like um, uh, Arigetti up here maybe at some point. And so, um, you know, the rotation is strong and we, we have depth. And so I think we're in a good position to compete. And, you know, hopefully, you know, we can get multiple runs of multiple runs of 10-game uh, winning streaks or something like that. And I think we, we had a couple runs last year where we got hot. I think this year we got a chance to get hot, stay hot. We're with Dana Brown here talking on Astro Line. Dana was hired to be the general manager of the Houston Astros. We mentioned it seems like you've been here longer than the 11 months, or it's actually not even been 11 months. It was January, late January last year when you were hired. As you remember back this time last year, uh, going into the holidays of 2022, I guess it would be, were you where were you with this this whole scenario? You obviously were aware there was a GM job in Houston and uh, there were other opportunities out there, but where were you in the whole process as you got ready for the holidays this time last year? Yeah, I was surprised that Houston didn't fill their job. So uh, actually, I, I thought maybe they had somebody in mind, so I didn't really worry about it. Um, you know, so I was going into the holidays, you know, getting a little bit of break with the family and my wife was dragging me around shopping. <laughs> I, I tell my daughter sometimes, my wife's got me hostage. Come get me. <laughs> you know? And so I was out, you know, doing a little bit of shopping. And so uh, I, I didn't know what the thought process was with Houston and who they were going to hire. Um, and I had been on two other interviews before. And so I figured if, you know, they wanted me, they'd call. But, you know, I didn't get a call. The holidays came. And, you know, we were <laughs> – the new year came. And <laughs> I was uh, – you know, getting my uh, scouting staff ready for the draft uh, for 2023 in, in Atlanta. And so we had had meetings like mid-January, mid, mid -January, 
somewhere in there. We had, you know, our scouting meetings, you know, to prepare for the upcoming draft and to give our GM, Alex Anthopoulos, an update. And so I was going through all of that. It was, you know, business as normal, as usual. And so uh, getting the call from the Houston Astros, I was a little shocked at first, but then I was like, okay, let's go. Let's go do it. So that was mid-January. I got the call probably – yeah, somewhere in mid-January. And then like 10 days there. later, you're the GM. Yeah, I, I remember going through the process uh, right before our scout meetings. I was you know, running the draft with Atlanta, of course, as the VP of scouting. And so I remember like going through draft meetings. And then um, at that time, I remember like waiting for a call to see maybe if did I get the job. So... Uh, and then finally the call came that I got the job after the meetings. Interesting. So did you feel good about the process the whole way through, or because it was kind of late in the winter, did you think this is not going to happen? Yeah, I felt good, actually, about the process. I thought Crane and I hit it off well, and so, you know, I was in a good organization. I was doing well. And so, I mean, I think our, our scouts were like, like laughing at me they were like I, we don't know if we should be sharing this information with you because <laughs> you know they had, you go to they the other had, side yeah they had known that i interviewed you know and they were like this seems weird you know <laughs> and then sure enough uh you know a couple of weeks later i get the job and they were all excited for me i got a firestorm of text messages well we're excited to have you here in houston obviously and as you fast forward to this off season there's been some changes uh within your staff and, and uh that was kind of important right that you had to that first year get used to everybody else but now you can start start to infiltrate some people that you really have worked with in the past yeah no doubt and so one of the things uh when i got here i said look things are going well here there's a lot of good people obviously because the team is winning and so this isn't a case where I wanted to come in and, like, say, okay, let's blow this place up. No, that wasn't the case. So there was a lot of good things going on here. So I, I got to know, you know, a lot of the people. And I think over the course of this year I promoted maybe 11 people okay. total. Um, and so maybe about seven in the front office, you know, that I thought were really good. And we, you know, I identified those those candidates and – we promoted them and empowered them, you know, to do their jobs. And so I thought, you know, that was a good thing to do. And then I uh, went out and got a few baseball people, um, you know, that I thought could really add to the data-driven side that we do here. And so I thought combining, you know, the strength and the analytics with the baseball people, it's the way to go, you know, today. And I always I tell my group, it's makeup, it's evaluations, and it's data, and if you can, if you can, if the player hits on all three of those things, you got a pretty good player. That seems like the perfect blend uh, right now in terms of how people are trying to get their front offices organized. You mentioned the baseball people. You your background in scouting was it important to try and get a little bit more uh, in that scouting department? Yeah, and so you know, I, I came up through scouting. I started scouting in 1993, the fall of '93. So my my entire baseball career was spent in scouting. Right. And so you know, the missing piece of my career was understanding the data and the information. And when Alex and I were in Atlanta, you know, Alex really started to drive home the importance of information, the data, and all of that. And you know, much more so than we did when we were in. Uh, Toronto together. Mm-hmm. 
And so that was kind of like the missing piece for me. And when I got that information, I was like, wow, this is, in, this is interesting. You know, you take the make, makeup now, you take the evaluation, and you take the data and the information, and you really have a feel for what these guys can do. And that's when you start locking in players long term. Uh, you start, you know, drafting certain players. And I think those, when you can combine those three things, you got a chance of changing, you know, the organization for the better. Dana Brown, our guest on Astro Line. We're going to take a quick timeout. We'll be back with more. We'll talk a little bit about the outfield for the Houston Astros in 2024 as this special edition of Astro Line continues right here on Sports Talk 790. The second annual Cactus Jack HBCU Classic is set to make its return to Minute Maid Park on Friday, February 16th through Sunday, February 18th. The field will feature Houston area's Prairie View A&M and Texas Southern University, plus Southern University, Grambling State, Jackson State, and Alcorn State University. Get your tickets, rep your colors, and get ready for a weekend of baseball and events. For tickets and more information, visit astros.com slash HBCU Classic today. Memberships for the 2024 Buddies Club presented by HEB are on sale now. Children 12 and under will receive tickets to select Astros games during the 2024 season. A reversible bucket hat, backpack, socks, and lanyard. Plus the opportunity to be selected for exclusive Buddies Club experiences, including the chance to meet Houston Astros players, all for only $40. Don't miss your chance to be part of the club today. Visit astros.com slash buddies to join. Welcome back. You are listening to a special edition of Astro Line on your home for the Stros Sports Talk 790. We're joined by the general manager, Dana Brown, back from the winter meetings, now getting ready for the holidays and getting ready to prepare for 2024. One of the big questions for you during the 2024 or 2023 winter meetings was, who's going to be your outfield for 2024? We know your right fielder is going to be Kyle Tucker. Hopefully he plays 150 to 155 games and finishes top five again in MVP voting like he did last year. It's center field and left field that a lot of people have questions about. You've got some candidates. Tell us about how you see this playing out. Yeah, of course, Tucker's going to play right. And, you know, um, I thought Chaz McCormick, you know, he earned, you know, the spot to play every day in left field. Uh, Right now, we're going to go with um, Myers in center. Uh, We're going to give him a shot. The defense is really good. We'll give him a shot to play center field. Uh, if I could, you know, if we could add another left-hand bat or something like that, maybe we could platoon, uh, you know, Myers a little bit. You know, Myers could hit against the lefties. We bring in the left-hand hitter. You know, maybe he could hit against the righties. We may do something like that. But we're going to the, – the thought process is to give McCormick a chance, let him play every day and see what he could do and then make a decision if you're going to pivot and do something different. Uh, you know, the defense is really good. He's, you know, he adds to our wins but just because of the good defense. If we can get some bats, uh, some good at bats out of him and some production with the bat, that would be uh, gravy. Speaking of defense, you've got a gold glover returning who is a defensive uh, specialist at a lot of different positions. He won as a utility uh, gold glover, Mauricio Dubon. How much outfield do you see Mauricio playing next year? I think he'll get some uh, some play in the outfield, you know, depending on – I think Joe, Joe would do a good job of um, – you know, mixing guys in, keeping guys hot, uh, you know, giving them at-bats. Uh, Dubon is, you know, like he's becoming like my favorite player on the team because, you know, you could do so much with him. 
You know, he could play center, he could play left, he could play second, he could play short, he could play third. And so having a guy like that, it's just, you know, it's so important. I remember Zobris was that guy back in the day yep. when he used to, you could move him all over the place. You know, but having Dubon, he could run, he could do a few things on a baseball field. So he will definitely get some at-bats. He will give guys breathers. Uh, he's, he's, an, he's an important piece, you know, to what we're doing. So he's going to play a lot. And uh, I love the energy. You know, he's got the energy. He brings it every day. Uh, he's got the smile. He's happy. He's enjoying it. And so I thought that was a really good pickup, you know. Mauricio Dubon will we'll get some outfield time. We mentioned Chaz in left and Jake in center. How much do you want to see Jordan out there? It seems like he enjoys the times he gets to play in the field. Yeah, we'll give him some, you know, some swings out there. You know, uh, you know the big thing for him is he'll be our everyday DH uh, but we will give him some, you know, time in in, in left field. Uh, we'll move McCormick probably over to center. We'll give uh, Chaz a breather. Um, so we'll we'll mix and match. I think you know we have some depth this year, and I think you know Joe's gonna mix mix it in pretty well. And so it's it's gonna be exciting to watch. I can't wait for spring training. I'm fired up already uh, because of this club. So we 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 could do some mixing mixing and matching. You've got some hardware on the infield. You've got a couple of MVPs on the right side, Jose Altuve and Jose Abreu. You've got an ALCS and a World Series MVP at shortstop, and you've got a guy that finished runner-up for MVP at third base. Uh, that infield is probably as as strong as you could hope for, but Alex Bregman would probably tell you that last year he felt like he probably could have had a better year. Jose Abreu will tell you he probably could have had a better year. What are you looking for? Let's start with those corner guys from 2024 that maybe uh, wasn't at their best in 2023. Yeah, the first thing we're going to do with Abreu is give him more time off. Okay. You know, maybe DH him some, give single, Singleton some at-bats. Um, that's going to be one of the things that we do there. I think if we would arrest him more, you know, he's an older guy, you know, he he's he's – you know, he's all in. Like, he takes tons of batting practice, so he wears himself down. And I think what happened was, you know, he had that sore back that he, that we found out about in late June. I mean, he was fighting through it. And finally, we got him to go on the IL, just take a break for 10 days. He came back and had a much better end of the season. Mm -hmm. And he got hot, and he started to show what he could really do. And I think – you know, you know, Joe and I, we've come to the agreement that we're going to give this guy some time off. We'll give him some breaks. We'll give him some DH time. You know, let Alvarez play left field every now and then. And just giving him a break is going to really give him more production. I think he'll be stronger, healthier, sharper. And so that's that's the that's the first thing. You know, um, with Bregman, I mean, Bregman, <laughs> he's just got all the energy in the world. You know, he didn't want to break. He doesn't want to uh, We off. may have to talk him into a day off every now and then. Um, but, you know, I, I think Bregman got hot there toward the end. He's a quality at-bat guy. He has professional at-bats. He can sting the ball. Uh, I think the defense is elite. I mean, I don't – I mean, I remember drafting Ryan Zimmerman back when I was a scouting director in uh, Washington, and he was a really good defender at third base. And I watch Bregman every day here. Oh, my goodness. This guy is really good at third base. It's just fun to watch. And so, you know, we just have to figure out what we can do to get him a little bit of time off as well. Maybe play Dubon there. Uh, let him refresh as well. I think the guys will 
welcome the timeouts, you know, if they get a little bit of a break. And, and if they come back the next day and get, like, three hits and the next day they get, like, two hits, they'll be like, whoa, that break took, <laughs> you know, that break did me some good. And I think we just got to get them to buy in a little bit uh, because, the you know, the days of these guys playing 162 games, you, you just can't. There's so much – so much involved today. You know, these guys need a break. It's such a grind. We mentioned the corner infielders. Let's shift to the middle infielders. We'll start with Jeremy Pena. Uh, Gold Glover in 2022 last year did not finish in the top three for the Gold Glove Award, even though from the eye test it looked like he had as good a year, if not better defensively, as he did the year before. Uh, his offensive number is similar. Didn't hit a lot of home runs in the second half of the season. What are your thoughts about Jeremy going forward? Well, first of all, the defense is special. You know, um, I, I think he can win a gold glove every year, mm -hmm. you know. And if he doesn't win a gold glove, he's close to winning a gold glove. That's how special I think the defense is. Uh, when it comes to the bat, you know, we really want to get back somewhere to that bat that he showed in the postseason in 2022. Uh, we know that he's capable of doing it. I think it may be a, a minor adjustment, you know, at the plate, you know, with the hands or – you know, with the load or with the stride. And I think we'll, you know, we've already started to work on that this offseason. So um, if we can get him to make a few adjustments at the plate, I think the home runs will come back. I think you'll see a little bit more of what we saw in the postseason. I don't think anybody could do what he did in the postseason for a full year. Um, I mean, that's like, that would be like elite <laughs> type stuff. So that's that's really difficult to do. However, we can get him to be a little bit more consistent and do things like he did in the postseason for the whole course of the year. I mean, he had times there where he really struggled with the ball on the outer half. He would chase. And so if we could just somehow quiet, quiet down the approach and get him locked in and not chasing, I think good things are going to happen. Other side is Jose Altuve, obviously the fan favorite who tried to single-handedly end the Rangers season by winning game five with that incredible game at Global Life Field. Unfortunately, the Astros came home and couldn't win a game in game six or seven. But Altuve had that regular season run at Globe Life. He had the postseason run. Uh, it seems like the bigger the moment, the better he is. Uh, what about Jose Altuve going forward? Uh, he was hurt a little bit last year. Never uh, had a full season where he didn't qualify for at-bats until last year. Hopefully he stays healthy. Do you, do you DH him a little bit more to try and keep him healthy, or where do you see Jose going forward? Yeah, I think we'll give him some DH at-bats as well. Yeah. Uh, let Dubon play second base. We're going to have to rest him up a little bit. You know, when you get in your 30s, uh, you know, things happen. You know, you slow down a little bit. And so giving him a break would be, you know, welcome. You know, the thing what happened with him at the WBC, uh. you know, that was unfortunate. So he missed a lot of time there. Uh, we missed him. He's the energizer uh, in our clubhouse. Um, you know, he's a fan favorite. Uh, he's a GM favorite. He's a favorite of everybody. So we love to have him here. We love his energy. We love the personality. Good human being. And so um, ultimately, if we can get him a break, you know, and keep him healthy and keep him on the field, you know, we'll get the production that we need. He was pretty special when he came back. The home run in Texas, when he hit that home run and we won that game, mm. I, I just knew for sure we were going back to the World Series. Um, it didn't happen that way. But, you know, we'll get back. You know, we just we just need to give him a nice little breather every now and then, keep him hot, keep him consistent. And, uh, you know, we're ready to roll. You know, like I said, we have the pitching, we have the defense, and we have the bats. 
You would have been in the World Series had you won a game at home. That was the theme all year long in 2023 is a team not able to win at Minute Maid Park. Do you just chalk that up as an anomaly? Do you look into it in the offseason, try and figure out why? Do you talk to the guys? Is there any explanation for why this team struggled so much in their home park in front of such incredible fans? Yeah, I told the guys they should probably stop talking about it, you know, <laughs> because what happens is, you know, you plant those seeds and mm-hmm. they, you start to water them then they start to grow. And before you know it, it takes on a life of its own and it starts to unravel. I mean, this club has been really good at home, you know. And so last year, I think it's more of an aberration. So I, I, at the end of the day, I think we'll get back to winning at home. Um, we just have to have the quality starts and we have to, you know, have good at bats. And I think we'll win at home. I just think it's a matter of, uh, you know, making a few adjustments, whether it's from the pitching side or it's quality at bats from the hitting side, making the plays. I think we'll be fine. Uh, but I, I want the guys not to water that seed, you know, let it die, you know. You've talked a lot about some of the guys that may fill roles on this roster uh, that aren't starting every day, whether it's Dubon or Caratini or Singleton. You also talked about your bullpen arms that, that you can fill from within. Doesn't seem like there's a ton of roster spots that are up for grabs this spring, but we'll find out in West Palm Beach. There could always be a surprise or two. As we talk about the Astros team, though, for the last 10 years, there has been at least one player that's finished top five in Rookie of the Year nine of those 10 years. So even though this hasn't been the highest-ranked team in terms of prospects over the years by Baseball America, they keep finding guys that, that come and produce. Who would fans think about that could potentially keep that string going of 9 out of 10 in 2024? Yeah, let's give you one pitcher and one hitter. You know, Eric Getty, uh is the pitcher, uh, right-handed starter, really good. You know, uh, we think that maybe he could turn the corner. Maybe he'll come into spring training and light us up. You know, maybe at some point he'll get up early enough to win the rookie of the year uh, to be a candidate. Uh, but he's uh, he's one of the guys that I really feel good about. You know, he's got some good traits to his stuff. Uh, he's a competitor. He throws a lot of strikes. And so hopefully, you know, we're, we're talking about him. That, that, that would be a good thing. Uh, the other guy would be Melton. Mm. You know, Melton is, you know, he stole 46 bases, hit 20-something home runs. So I think he's got a chance to be special. He was asked for in almost every trade talk. You know, all teams are asking for him. That's the one guy I was afraid to give away because this is a guy that you're going to look up one day on TV. He's going to be playing, hitting balls over the fence. He's going to be stealing bases. He's going to be making great catches. And so, you know, this this guy's got a chance to be a stud. And so, you know, if we can just clean up his approach a little bit, um, he's got a chance to be really good, really exciting player. When you acquired Justin Verlander, you gave up two quality prospects, but you kept Melton. Was it important? Obviously, you had to trade quality to get a guy like Verlander, but was Melton a guy you really wanted to keep? Yeah, he was asked for, of course. I mean, and and both of those guys we gave up, you know, Gilbert's going to be – you know, really good. Clifford's going to be good. I mean, you have to give up something to get a Hall of Fame pitcher. You know, you're not going to, like, sneak something by another team. I mean, they, you know, they can scout and evaluate and look at data as well. So, but at the end of the day, I just didn't want to give up Melton because I could just see this guy just hitting balls to the moon and stealing bases and making great catches, and I would wake up in cold sweats about this guy. It's like, no, you can't have this guy. <laughs> and so anytime you have that combination of speed, power, defense, you want to keep those guys because those are the guys that make the highlight reel. 
And so, um, yeah, he's got a chance to be pretty special. I really like the talent. I like the tools. And I like the upside. Dana, we appreciate the time. I, I look forward to uh, getting through spring training here in a little But next thing you know, two months away, we're going to be down at West Palm Beach. So enjoy the holidays. Enjoy uh, the little bit of downtime that you get before it cranks up again in 2024. And thanks for joining us. Absolutely. Looking forward to the fellowship in spring training. Yes. Going out to dinner a couple times with you guys, hanging out. And getting it all getting it all together. Hey, before we let you go, coming up next we got Matt Hogan, who's who got promoted to director of player personnel. He'll be our guest on the other side of the break. Yeah, Matt Hogan's pretty special, man. I look at Matt and he's always got an answer for me. And he's very important when it comes to player acquisition. He does a great job. He knows the information. He knows the data. He has a really good feel for it. You'll be excited talking to him. That's Dana Brown. He joins us here on Astro Line. We'll get ready and enjoy some fellowship down at spring training here in a couple of months. We'll be back with more Astro Line right here on Sports Talk 790. Come out to Minute Maid Park March 1st through 3rd for the 2024 Astros Foundation College Classic. This three-day tournament will feature some of the top baseball programs in the country. Get your tickets and show off your school pride as Texas, Vanderbilt, Houston, Louisiana, Texas State, and Defense. Fendi National Champions LSU. Battle it out at Minute Maid Park. For ticket options and more information, visit astros.com slash college classic. Share the excitement of Astros baseball all season long with 2024 Astros season tickets. When you buy season tickets, you lock in access to 2024 opening day tickets versus the New York Yankees, postseason tickets, and every game in between. That's all the plays, all the giveaways, and all the excitement. All live from your seats at Minute Maid Park. For all the great benefits of being an Astros season ticket holder and to secure your seats, visit astros.com slash season tickets or call 713-259-8402 today. Welcome back to Astro Line. You're listening to a special edition of Astro Line on your home for the Stros Sports Talk 790. We heard from Dana Brown the last couple of segments. Now we're joined by Matt Hogan, Director of Player Personnel for the Houston Astros. Uh, Dana was singing your praises at the end of the last segment about how important you are for the organization. Matt, tell us a little bit about uh, what your role is this offseason, and you just got back from the winter meetings, and how you go forward getting ready for the next year. Yeah, thanks, Todd. Essentially, we are the pro scouting operation of the front office. We don't necessarily have a, a field scouting staff. It's kind of our job to kind of funnel information to Dana from all the sources we have. Our R&D group, our evaluation group, our baseball operations group, just kind of getting all that information Getting into Dana, making recommendations on uh, roster moves, you know, personnel decisions, and just kind of helping him map out his vision for the Astros offseason and then kind of the future of the, the franchise. It's a year-round approach, obviously. This is like a big time for, obviously, the uh, you know, player moves, free agency, and all that stuff, but it's really a year-round job. At this point of the season, you know, players have stopped playing. Things are kind of set in stone. Mm-hmm. Um, but as the season goes along, we get more information – we get more information on our own players, external players, and all that information you know, has to get to Dana somehow, and it kind of goes through our group, and we try to help him make the best decisions. Matt Hogan, our guest, he's been with the Astros since 2014, so now you've worked with three different general managers, all having their own style, Jeff Luno, James Click, and now Dana Brown. Dana, admittedly, with a scouting background, hadn't been in, as much into the analytic world as he was when he went to the Braves with Alex Anthopoulos and, and really started to dive into it there. I would imagine James and Jeff were both more analytically driven than Dana. So how has that marriage been? It's been less than a year since Dana's been here. How's that marriage been with you guys and trying to help Dana out and get up to speed with where you guys are with the numbers that the Astros have? 
Yeah, I'd say it's been seamless so far. Yeah. Uh, Dana's been extremely impressive. He's kind of looked at our group with open arms and said, you guys have had a lot of success here with this this kind of strategy, this kind of setup. I'm just going to kind of let you guys do your thing and keep going with the way that things have operated this way. And, uh, you know, we've learned a lot from him, his scouting eye. He loves to talk about the scouting eye. And, you know, we obviously look at it that way as well. But there's just so much information at our fingertips now, especially from when I started in 2014 to now. It's just a whole new world of information. We try to stay on top of that and kind of push forward as much as possible. And Dana has been all in on that approach. And um, hopefully we can kind of continue to have success here with the Astros. You mentioned how much things have changed from 2014 when you started to 2023 and now almost 2024. Because there's so much information, as you said, at your fingertips, is one of the key things for you guys is to always be evolving as to what is the most important of those numbers and what maybe – how much do you tinker with what's important, what's not important – how you evaluate your own evaluations every year. How, how does that work out in the offseason? Yeah, absolutely. We, we're you know always trying to evolve and get better, and that's been the case since I've started here. Um, and that message has continued under Dana. You know, the game is obviously still the same. Mm-hmm. And it's just there's just different ways to look at some of the information we're getting. You know, we're always trying to improve and – you know, stuff that we were we thought was important two years ago may not be as important as we thought at the time. Um, and I'm sure we're going to look back in two years and be like, you know, what were we thinking? <laughs> it's really an entire organization. You know, it starts, obviously, our R&D group brings in all that information, and they do an excellent job of kind of, you know, packaging it and putting it in a place where we can understand it all the way down from, you know, our scouts, our player development group. It's kind of on our group as well to push that information down everywhere we can, you know, make sure our coaches are on top of all the latest information, you know, stuff we're seeing at the big level being successful, you know, making sure our player development group is taking that account as well. And, you know, luckily we've, we've had some amazing coaches since I've been here and, you know, they make sure that, you know, we're not kind of, you know, falling behind in those areas where, you know, we might see something really impressive in the front office, like, wow, this is pretty impactful information and they're like, all right, let's go, let's push it, you know, let's use this right away. And that's kind of the way we have to see it is those edges don't last very long. We've mm-hmm. seen it a lot, you know, at the big level with the way kind of like pitch development has worked. You know, a lot of teams are kind of falling into some of the same stuff. And if you're you're behind, you know, you've lost that edge. You've, you haven't been able to kind of stay ahead. And, and we've seen that, you know, in our organization as well with some of our pitch development. So that's kind of takes into account the, the information getting to all sources, and especially up to Dan to make the best decisions. You mentioned trying to stay ahead of the curve, and I know in 2014, uh, all the way through this past season, the Astros have always been thought of as one of the teams on the forefront in, in terms of analytics. And all the it seems like all 30 teams are, are trying to get to that point where they are known to be where the Astros are, or the Rays are, or other teams uh, that, are, that are thought to be analytically near the top of the game in Major League Baseball. Uh, when you have to try and stay ahead of that curve, um, it's got to be more difficult now probably than it was in 2014 when maybe not as many people were invested in terms of across Major League Baseball. Absolutely. And I think you see it a lot in the public as well. I mean, you have some of these external companies and, you know, players are going there and they're getting some excellent development. And, you know, that wasn't the case back when I started. It yeah. was There was just a few franchises that were looking at things a certain way and not necessarily a better way, but at the time, you know, that was the vision of this is the way we're going to uh, attack things. Um, 
but now that is all out in the public and you know players are so much more aware of that stuff as well where you know we'd bring players in we'd have meetings with them and they'd you know their eyes would be wide open i've never heard this before you know now you can go on the internet and you know can find that stuff yourself and stuff that was you know kind of mind-blowing in 2017 2018 now is like you know that's kind of old news right now we're on to the next big thing so um yeah that's definitely been something that we just try to stay because you don't want to fall behind and it, it could happen so fast thankfully we've had some amazing players here and you know they could probably cover up some of if we were falling behind at all like you know these guys are so good, but that's something that we're always thinking of. We can't fall behind. You know, when I started, we were obviously coming off the 51 win season and 70 wins in that first year felt like, you know, pretty good accomplishment. And you had some guys, you know, that took a big step forward. You know, Springer made his debut, Keuchel, Altuve kind of took a huge step forward in their careers. Um, so we're just kind of always, we want to see that every year, right? Um, and staying on the cutting edge of the, some of this stuff is hopefully going to help us keep doing that. Matt Hogan's our guest director of player personnel for the Houston Astros. You mentioned how uh, players are starting to get used to some of these terms that maybe they didn't know about five or ten years ago. Fans too. I mean, it's you know they know war. Obviously, they they are now learning why XFIT might be more important than ERA. And even some fans dive into the XWOBA and the Sierra and all these other things. The one thing that I think fans have the toughest time understanding, and and teams I think have their own proprietary way of, of figuring this out is defensive metrics. You, uh, Jeremy Pena doesn't finish top three, does not finish top three in uh, the gold glove voting this year after winning it the year before. I test seemed like he had as good a year in 2023, in my opinion, as 2022. But each team does their defensive metrics differently. Is that also evolving year in and year out? And is that much better than it was a few years ago? Definitely. Defense is something that I think – I think most people, obviously, when you see a great play, you're, it's obvious, right? It's the information that, you know, I can't watch every single play around baseball every single night. You know, with Hawkeye coming around, talk about the all probabilities, you know, that was something, you know, six, seven years ago, it was a lot more of, you know, humans were just guessing based on, like, some charting work. The defensive component has obviously been very important to us, not just for these guys individually, but on our pitching staff. Obviously, you'd love to strike everybody out, but putting the ball in play and making plays is very important. And that's something that we uh, pride ourselves on is basically around the diamond. All these guys are excellent to elite defenders. And that's something we've pushed all the way through the minor leagues. And some of the insights that we've gleaned through Hawkeye, we, uh, you know, instruct at the minor league level. So that when these guys get here, they're ready to go and they're ready to contribute. And I think you've seen that, um, you know, these guys that they step up, they're ready to go. And, you know, we see Greg Kester in the playoffs making an incredible defensive play. Um, you know, he's he's in that spot for a reason. You know, we believe he can play defense, and, um, you know, teams value that, and we obviously value that greatly. Matt Hogan, our guest, as we wind things down here, Matt, uh, heading into the holidays, I would guess this is kind of your final breather before it gets started for real. Is it almost like January 1's the beginning of the season where you go nonstop right through spring training and through the regular season and postseason? Absolutely. I think, uh, you know, we get maybe a little break for, for around the new year time. But, yeah, once that calendar turns and you, you're looking at, you know, less than 30 days out from spring training starting, you know, you start hearing from more players, start ramping up. They're all hitting, they're throwing, you know, they're talking with our coaches this past season's in our rear room mirror and you start seeing the roster kind of getting closer to what you think it might be for opening day. You can kind of pencil in what that depth chart's looking like. Um, so yeah, we're, we're 
looking pretty forward to 2024, and I think it's going to be a really exciting year again. Matt, thanks for the time. Thanks for the insight as to what goes on behind the scenes. A lot of people don't get to hear from people like you, and uh, appreciate the time, and thanks for sharing your thoughts. Appreciate it. Thanks, Todd. Thanks to Matt Hogan, Director of Player Personnel for the Houston Astros, and that'll put a wrap on this edition of Astroline, our special edition with Dana Brown, the general manager, and Matt Hogan as our guest today. Hey, a reminder, the Texas Children's Houston Open is back, and tickets are on sale now. Be the first to grab your spot at Houston's premier PGA tournament. Whether you're a golf fan or just a fan of a good time, come enjoy world-class play, great food and drinks, a kid zone, and even a tailgating zone. It's a whole vibe, y'all. The Texas Children's Houston Open is March 28th through March 31st at Memorial Park. Visit T-C-H-O-U open slash tickets today. February 24th is going to be the opener for the Astros in spring training as they'll take on the Washington Nationals, the team they share the ballpark of the Palm Beaches Stadium with. That is 72 days away. We're 72 days away from the opening of spring training. It is coming right around the corner. Thanks again to Dana. Thanks again to Matt. Speaking of Matt, thanks to our engineer and producer, Matt Foltz. I'm Todd Callis. Have a great rest of your week. We'll see you with more Astro Line shows down the road. Good evening once again, ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls. Welcome home to Mini Maid Park. The Houston Astros annual Fan Fest is back. Saturday, January 20th at Minute Maid Park. Presented by HEB. We definitely love playing in front of our fans at Minute Maid Park. The Astros 2024 Fan Fest has something for the entire family, including autograph sessions, running the bases, swings in the batting cage, and bullpen sessions. Strike three call on the outside corner. And that is the ball game. And that is the series. Astros 2024 Fan Fest includes live music, appearances from Orbit, fan forums with current and former players and coaches, plus the first look at the 2024 Coca-Cola Shooting Stars. Make your plans to attend the Astros 2024 Fan Fest. It. Go to Astros.com slash FanFest, and we'll see you January 20th at Minute Maid Park. Oh